Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 105. Thank you so much for joining me. One of the most commonly asked questions of podcasters is, what's the easiest way to listen to a podcast? And if you're not listening to this on a mobile device, I will tell you uh, that is the easiest way. For those of you that are using an Apple device, if you look for the uh, native application, meaning you don't need to go to the App Store and download it, it already comes loaded on your iPhone. It's a lavender purple color, and it says podcasts. And if you just tap on that, click on the magnifying glass symbol at the bottom, and type in We Have Cancer, Once you find that and you tap on the logo that says we have cancer, you'll see a button that says subscribe. And by subscribing, each time we put out a new episode, you'll automatically be notified of the release of the new show. For Android users, we don't want to leave you folks out. Google recently released a brand new podcast app. Unfortunately, this one is not native, so you do need to go to the Google store to download it. But it is called Google Podcast. Same process. Just click on the mic. Uh, magnifying glass, search We Have Cancer, and you can subscribe to the show. And for those of you who use Spotify, We Have Cancer podcast is also available on Spotify. My guest this week is John Cavanaugh, and John and I uh, are kindred spirits in a way because both of us were initially diagnosed with our colon cancer through a routine colonoscopy. Uh, Mine was back in 2011, John's was in 2014, so it's very interesting to uh, share notes and compare stories. So join me now for my conversation with John Cavanaugh. John, welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast. How are you this evening? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm so glad that you reached out to me and uh, recommended you to be on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had that link at the top of the page that says recommend a guest. And uh, and I say that kidding because that's my personality. But more often than not, people do recommend themselves. And and that's totally fine. So I'm so glad that you did. Yeah, I saw your, you were looking for guests. So I figured I would uh, volunteer. And, and uh, it's an important thing that you're doing. And, and I think we're both fellow travelers along this path. So anything we can do to help others is is a good thing. You're absolutely right, and uh, and I see that the other thing that we have in common is that we both had our stories in the last month or so shared on the Colon Cancer Coalition's website as one of the faces of blue. Yeah, that was another uh, great tool, I guess, I came across or whatever. Just when you're going through this ordeal or whatever, you, you can think that you're the first one going through it, but when you read other people's stories and get some insights as to how they're handling it or whatever. It's very, it's very helpful. I think, uh, particularly when, when things are not going so great. 
Absolutely. So uh, most important question, how's your health today? Knock on wood, I'm, uh, I've got no evidence of disease um, coming up Congratulations. on four years uh, out from my diagnosis and surgeries. I'm still under heavy surveillance or whatever, so I have all kinds of testing and things like that that I'm sure people are familiar with. And I have the, the usual scanxiety that everybody has. And uh, I think I heard on, on your last podcast that, you know, they're watching a couple of spots on your lungs. And mm-hmm. I had a spot on mine, but luckily it's, I think it's just scarring and it's not cancerous so far. So, so, so far, go, so good. <laughs> and where do you, uh, where'd you get your treatment? Where are you, at, where are you observed? I'm part of the Ohio Health Network here. And uh, I guess my my lead quarterback is uh, Dr. Scott Brill. He's at Riverside Methodist Hospital. It's part of the Ohio, Ohio Health Network. And they have the Bing Cancer Center there. And can't say uh, enough about him and, and literally everybody on my medical team. Dr. Brill is actually a, uh, a, a veteran, an Army veteran. And he was a trauma surgeon. And that's part of the reason why I'm still here talking to you because uh, when I had my first surgery, um, one of the risks was, you know, developing a, an infection or a leak or whatever. And that unfortunately happened to me. So I uh, mm. went septic and luckily Dr. Brill was able to perform emergency surgery and save my life. So, you know, I, I owe a debt of gratitude to him and God and my family and everybody for sticking with me. And uh, helped me through that phase, sure, which was the first step and of many. Well, I, I've I've got to jump in here. You're in Ohio. That's right. right. <laughs> and I saw New England's Patriots blanket in your photo. So are you just did you just completely jump off the Browns bandwagon? The, 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 there's a story there, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you probably can. Acquiring minds want to know. That's okay. Um, you probably can tell from my accent that I'm a, I'm originally from Boston, so. I'm a native New Englander, so I, I continue to follow the the sports teams there. But my grandfather was actually born in Columbus, Ohio, and he was actually a, a World War II hero. Wow. So I'm kind of back in the city of, of his birth, so I have some roots here. And so it's, just, it's, the, it's a great state. You know, they're, they're proud of their sports teams, and, and they're hoping that uh, well, I guess they could be sorry that they let Belichick go or whatever, but <laughs> they're hoping to turn it around this season, I guess. Sure, sure. So, um, so let, let's kind of back up here a little bit. How did you originally come to be diagnosed? Well, the other one that I, I guess, owe my, my life to is, is my lovely wife, Lily, who made me promise when I turned 50 that I would go and get all my you know, medical age appropriate medical tests and things like that. And, uh, turns out that, you know, I just had the routine colonoscopy and that's when I got diagnosed that I had a, a couple of polyps and one was, uh, cancerous with positive margins and, and that required, you know, surgery. And then that's how we, we went from there. So that completely came out of the blue for you? Now that I, uh, know a lot more about this particular disease, I probably should have should have gotten an earlier colonoscopy because my mother had had colon cancer later in her life in her in her seventies or whatever, 
and it just didn't for whatever reason it just you know i was you know she was in the boston area and i was here in ohio and it just didn't quite register that you know you need to family members or whatever need to get screened particularly ones that are you know the, the 50 year mark is for everyone but if you have it in your family it's it's recommended that you get screened a little earlier so word to the wise out there is you know get screened and talk with your doctor uh, particularly if you have it in family history by just going and getting my you know my age appropriate screen or whatever that that's pretty much what saved my life i believe because you know if they hadn't caught it you know by by the time i would have been symptomatic or whatever it more than likely would have been too late for me. And so it's been four years. You're no evidence of disease, which is, uh, that's a club I'm, I'm shooting for. I really am. But has this experience changed you, John? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anybody can go through this. And, and I'm sure that you and anybody else that, that's had this experience, it's not one that you would wish on your, your worst enemy. It was very difficult to, and scary or whatever to go through the surgeries. You know, I had I had multiple procedures, and the surgery that the second surgery that saved my life or whatever you know, required a, a temporary ileostomy. And um, after I re recovered from that and sepsis or whatever, um, I had a I had to go through a course of chemotherapy, and I really wasn't in the best of of physical condition to you know to to handle that so i i endured as much as i could and and eventually had to stop that because i i was hospitalized again with dehydration and malnutrition and i got to the point where you know the the cure was was worse than the disease so i had to kind of stop that if i wanted to you know just try to live life and i guess somewhat ironically now Based on the stage of cancer that I had, they're now only recommending three months worth of chemotherapy, which is essentially what I got. The original plan was to have six months worth, but I just I just couldn't make it through that. And now it turns out that, you know, I got what what's now recommended. You know, just going through that, you know, it, it was it's tough. I mean, I don't want to say it's any tougher for me than anybody else, but you know, we had a very good friend of ours uh, who lost his daughter at the same time that I was being treated, and she was only 26 years old and had just recently gotten married or whatever. And you know, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit older, and you just kind of think to yourself, you know, why did she lose her life, and why did I have mine saved, or whatever? It just didn't seem fair. Um, you know, this was somebody that was just getting started in life, or whatever, and probably one of the more difficult things I had to do while I was undergoing treatment was go to a funeral for one of our friends with the same thing. You know, the, the question is what, what does it do for you and, or how do you get through it? Or I think really I, I read somewhere in, in, in trying to negotiate the way through that the loneliest place for cancer is really after treatment. That's what others have, have kind of said or experienced. And, and, it sounds strange, but the reason for that is when you're when you're in the hospital or when you're home recuperating or whatever, you know, there's almost like 20, 27, 24-7 care. 
with family and friends and nurses and doctors and physical therapists and occupational therapists or whatever. And, and, you know, when you, when you get to a point where you've regained your, uh, stability or stamina or whatever, that kind of goes away. And, you know, the, the thing that I'd like to cover here, which might be helpful for others is while you're making that journey of trying to reintegrate yourself back into society or you're trying to um, find out whatever the new normal is. And for many people, that means getting back to work or whatever. And it, it's not an easy thing uh, for, for many people to either work while they have cancer and being treated or, you know, to be, recover and then try to apply for jobs and things like that. It's just oftentimes you experience a lot of rejection. People don't understand it. People aren't necessarily as altruistic and welcoming for people that have had illness. And it's tough because, you know, you have to pay all the medical bills or whatever and keep your family afloat. But it's also, you know, just getting back to some sort of routine or work or whatever and being around other people is also good psychologically for, for most people. So, you know, that that's, you know, it's 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 great. And I feel blessed and thankful that, you know, that I've survived. Um, but, you know, trying to reintegrate back into the to the workforce has, has been a little bit of a struggle for me and my family, particularly because, uh, you know, I was consulting beforehand. So I, I have a small business that I own or whatever. And that, you know, I might have survived cancer, but my consulting business uh, wasn't so fortunate or whatever. So. You know, it's just tough for people, and I'm I'm not the only one out there that are you know just trying to get back into the swing of things in the in the meantime while you're monitoring your health and making sure that you know I've been told or whatever that the five year mark is a big one. Every every year is a big one or whatever when you're being tested and screened or whatever. But you know, five years is a big, and then ten years, and then it goes goes that way. I often see people posting in the various Facebook groups talking about their struggle to stay hydrated. And if that applies to you, you should check out H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. It's a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling with this issue of staying hydrated, either due to an ostomy or perhaps chemotherapy, H2ORS is something for you to consider. It'll really help replenish your fluids and electrolyte levels. As a matter of fact, it has three times the electrolytes of most of the popular sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. My buddy Chris Shaw over at H2ORS is offering listeners of the podcast an opportunity to try a free sample of H2ORS. All you need to do is just go to their site, h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship a free sample out to you, no strings attached. And when you're ready to make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, they'll give you 10% off your first order. Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. How, talk to me about your family. How have they been uh, your your support system throughout all this? Well, you know, again, my my wife is the one that rightly urged me to 
to just get my routine screening or whatever because again i was asymptomatic or whatever so you know she just was right there with me all the way through the, the ups and downs and you know she literally slept on a, a reclining chair in the hospital when i was in the hospitalized multiple times for almost two months um i wrote in my little faces of blue uh, profile that you know for those out there that are movie fanatics or whatever if you've ever seen goodwill hunting or whatever there's that scene where robin williams is talking to matt damon out on the boston common and he's trying to describe what what love means and he says you know you just don't understand what visiting hours don't apply and if you're seeing a partner through cancer or whatever so you know that was a movie but in in real life that's that's what my wife did did for me and continues to to do for me i mean when i was released from the hospital uh because of the uh sepsis i went through i had these things called wicks you know where they keep the incisions open or whatever so that you know they drain out or whatever and those have to be changed uh regularly and it's it's a very anybody that's had it it's, it's not it's a very painful process, you know, when you have drains and things like that, and those have to be pulled out. And then never mind if you have some sort of a ileostomy or, you know, those things have to be changed. And, you know, I was so beaten up that, you know, I couldn't walk anywhere. I needed a walker. And my, my wife had to literally carry me in and out of the shower. And, you know, I, I looked literally like a like a concentration camp victim or whatever. So I couldn't even bear to look at myself in the mirror or coming in and out because I was just so, you know, didn't have any muscle mass left. And, and it was just, you know, it was just pretty awful. So, you know. But she was there with you through the whole thing, huh? Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've read other stories where that's not always the case, you know. I mean, I know that when they say you get married that it's, you know, through sickness and in, in health or whatever, but not everybody, <laughs> not everybody honors that. Oh, that's, that's a common story in my house because my I was diagnosed with my recurrence less than thirty days after Linda and I got married, and we 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 joke about it even now because that's the way we approach life. And we said, goodness, when we said in sickness and in health, we didn't mean now. <laughs> that. That that's supposed to be like later when we're old, you know. So yeah, I I, I totally understand. I understand, and and well, you know, I mean, you know, everything I, is. I admire the fact. I admire the fact that uh, you know that you clearly don't take the love and support that you got from your wife uh, for granted. I think that's terrific. No, and and you know, everybody has to have kind of a. A will to live or whatever and you know if, if i didn't have that support i mean i don't know if i would have you know i mean that was that was in between heaven and earth or whatever several times or whatever and it's just you know when you have somebody there and and uh you know literally everybody in my family was kind of in a, a prayer prayer mode or whatever and um luckily my oldest sister is a is a nurse and uh and a teaching nurse or whatever. So she was right there and my dad flew in and my sisters flew in and, um, you know, just everybody, you know, rallied, rallied around me. Uh, 
when it was really, really tough there. And, and, you know, it makes a difference. Um, and, you know, it really, it really makes a difference to have that support from your family and friends. Um, but, you know, again, going back to what happens to people after that, you know, when, when you kind of make it through whatever, that's, that's why I say it's cancer can be the loneliest place on earth for people after treatment because, you know, all that eventually goes away, happily so, but, you know, people also need to feel like they valued and they have a purpose and, and, uh, and they're doing something to help others, which is primarily one of the motivations for me to, to participate in this podcast or whatever, because I've been working with your other guests like Dr. Andrew Albert and Stacy, you know, because it, it's really important. I think it's incumbent upon anyone that has this disease, which is a very deadly disease, but it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a very deadly disease, but it's also one of the most preventable. So I think it's incumbent upon us to, as, as survivors, uh, to get the word out and get people screened so that they don't have to go through what you and I are, are going through. So I'm just, I'm just absolutely trying to absolutely. use this experience to be an advocate for people to get, get their screening or whatever. So, you know, so that they, they can catch it early if they got it or just prevent it from ever happening. I want to fast forward to recently. I understand that you attended uh, a conference recently. Tell us about that. There's a, um, an organization that, again, I just stumbled across. It's called Cancer and Careers. And the purpose of, of the organization, which I didn't even know existed until, you know, a couple months ago, is to literally help people navigate, you know, whether they're um, patients and they're trying to, you know, to keep working or survivors like myself that are, you know, got their health somewhat back into uh, the new normal and they're trying to re-enter the workforce. So they're, this, this organization has materials and um, seminars and webinars and I'm sure they have podcasts like this one um, just to, to help people through this, this what's almost like the missing puzzle piece in trying to get your life back together. And uh, they graciously uh, gave me a scholarship to attend their Midwest uh, conference on cancer and work. And I went to Chicago about a week or so ago. I, I learned partially for me, it was a lot of good pointers and, and health professionals. And just knowing that there's an organization out there that's, that's thinking about this question, which I think is really it's almost like the tip of the iceberg of what people are going through, you know, in terms of, of dealing with cancer. And I can't even imagine what the economic impact is. You know, it's not just people, whether you have insurance or not paying all the bills or whatever, but it just, you know, the loss of, of worker productivity, the the loss of people in the workforce or whatever that, you know, I'd hire, you know, a hundred survivors, <laughs> Uh, because if you can beat cancer, 
I'm sure you can beat anything. So those are the people that I would want on on my team or whatever. And I hope hopefully we can convince uh, employers out there of the same thing that you know people that have gone through this and and are managing or beating this challenge are 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 good people and they're not you don't need to shy away from them. You know they'll they'll be right there with you and they'll be it's it's. It's just good for everyone. It's good for the employers. It's good for the community. It's good for the families. It's good for the, the patients and the survivors. Uh, just to give people an opportunity, and it's just good for the economy. John, I think you just gave me an idea for a future podcast episode. <laughs> it's not. It's not a topic. No, I'm serious. It's not a topic that uh, I've covered in the three years doing this show. The whole getting back to work piece. Um, so thank you. Uh, you gave me something to think about and, uh, something to look into. It might be a, like I said, a good topic for a future episode. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, that there's plenty of, uh, staff or, or what they call community ambassadors like myself or whatever that, that would be happy to, you know, just work through this, this challenge. I, I wish uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, I just came back from the conference or whatever, so I don't think I have, I don't have it all figured out yet. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but just knowing, you know, I'm sure there are other people like me or whatever that are trying to struggle their way through this, this challenge. And it's nice to know that there are organizations out there. And frankly, it's nice to know that, that you have a podcast out there to, to reach people. And, you know, it's just otherwise, you know, just kind of trying to figure things out on your own without, without access to the resources or the, or, or just people to, to, to share with you or, or just commiserate with you or whatever. It just, you know, it's, it's just like treatment or whatever, or, or being in the hospital or whatever, you know, you need support, you need, you need help and you need guides. And, uh, sometimes you just need people that say, Hey, it will be, going to be all right. I, I had that or mm-hmm. this happened to me and, and it, it worked out for me. And if it worked out for me, it could work out for you. Well, that's the whole point of, of this podcast is to provide people not only with information, but also inspiration and hope uh, by hearing uh, the stories of people like yourself. So I really do appreciate you uh, offering up your story to uh, be be part of the Colon Cancer Podcast community. I really uh, appreciate you you uh, reaching out, and I'm glad that we had the, the time to kind of explore your journey and uh, give me the idea of, of a future episode uh, to cover down the road. So I really appreciate that. Well, you're, you're welcome. And I, again, I, I admired what you're doing. I just, I want to strongly urge you to keep doing it because it's important and, uh, it's needed. And, um, and I know that, you know, you, it's not easy for you and you're facing the same thing. So, you know, I, I value what you're doing. It's important and, and I thank you for it. And I hope you keep, keep it up. Don't you worry. Uh, probably by the time this episode comes out, uh, we'll be looking at uh, something uh, bigger and greater, which I'll be sharing uh, with you uh, after I hit record here uh, that I'm really excited about. But, uh, John, I, uh, before we uh, wrap, uh, where can people find you? I know you're active on social media. Where can people find you online? 
Um, I'm on LinkedIn. It's John W. Cavanaugh, PhD, and uh, I'm on Twitter at it's at Dr. John Cav. Excellent. I'll be sure to share the links uh, for that in the show notes uh, for this podcast. And John, uh, congratulations on NED. I want to wish you continued uh, success uh, in that department, uh, continued great scans going forward. And uh, thank you for taking the time to share your story on the podcast. I appreciate it. You be well. Thank you so much. You too. As I'm looking to the calendar at the Colon Cancer Coalition's website and the upcoming Get Your Rear and Gear events, it's hard to believe we are approaching year's end. And there's a handful of Get Your Rear and Gear events remaining for 2018. Let's get right to them. Coming up this Saturday for our friends in Indianapolis and in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, and there's a third one. Uh, in Holly Grove, Arkansas. So we have three Get Your Ear and Gear events. They all play, taking place on Saturday, October 13th. Uh, in Indianapolis, it's the 5K Run Walk that's taking place at Eagle Creek Park Beach. Our friends in Milwaukee, you can get your ear and gear at the Rotary Performance Pavilion. And there is a Monroe County Cancer Walk for our friends in Holly Grove, Arkansas. Again, all three of these events coming up this Saturday, October the 13th. On Sunday, October 21st, we can't forget our friends in the Big Apple. You've got your Get Your Rear and Gear event taking place at Riverside Park. Moving into November, I should say, on November 10th, we're heading out west to Orange County, California. We have our Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run Walk taking place at Miles Square Regional Park. The following week on November 17th, for our dear friends out in Houston, is their Get Your Rear and Gear event taking place at Baylor College of Medicine, the McNair campus in Houston. And those are the remaining Get Your Rear and Gear events for 2018. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsors, H2ORS and the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.